This episode of Recommended is sponsored by Book Riot's very own Best of the Year YA Giveaway. We're giving away $500 worth of the year's best young adult fiction and nonfiction, selected by Kelly Jensen, former YA librarian and current Book Riot YA expert. Go to bookriot.com backslash 500YA giveaway to enter. This giveaway ends July 31st. This is Recommended, where we talk to interesting people about their favorite books. Today, Walter Mosley recommends Nine Princes in Amber by Roger Zelazny, and Dory Shafrir recommends When Katie Met Cassidy by Camille Perry. Walter Mosley is the author of more than 43 critically acclaimed books, including the best-selling mystery series featuring Easy Rollins. His work has been translated into 23 languages and includes literary fiction, science fiction, political monographs, and a young adult novel. His short fiction has been widely published, and his nonfiction has appeared in the New York Times Magazine and The Nation, among other publications. He is the winner of numerous awards, including an O. Henry Award, a Grammy, and Penn America's Lifetime Achievement Award. His newest novel, Down the River Unto the Sea, follows NYPD cop turned private investigator Joe King Oliver as he seeks to solve the case of his own framing a decade earlier. My name is Walter Mosley, and Nine Princes in Amber is my recommended. Nine Princes in Amber, it's a kind of a difficult book to pin down. It's certainly science fiction and fantasy, and also it's speculative fiction. It's kind of deep thinking, but it it has a noir feel to it. It's very much like Raymond Chandler, or maybe even more so like Ross MacDonald when you start reading it. It's kind of a a mystery. Uh, The guy, he's He's been in a terrible accident. He's in a sanatorium. The people in the sanatorium are keeping him drugged and they don't want him to get up. He, he can't remember who he is or what he is or where he's going, what, what's happened to him. But finally, after getting through all that, you realize that he's actually the, the center, a, a member of a family that's the center of the universe, basically. And that it turns out that anything that he can imagine, he can go there. So it becomes a question. It says, do all, all possible places exist or do I create those places by imagining them? And, and there's the family, there's a war with the family. That's the nine princes. There's also three or four princesses. But you get to that place, the place I'm talking about, the, the kind of wild science fiction place, so slowly that it's really kind of wonderful. I first read it. I must have been 20-something, 22 or 23, and I was going to college in Vermont. I don't even know where I found that book. And I was just kind of stunned that it could start in one genre. Beautiful writing, by the way. Rogers Lasney's writing is really gorgeous. But it started in one genre and built to another and then another and then another. And it's, it's the beginning. There's a whole bunch of books. I think there's 10 of the books. The first three are really good. Back then, Zelazny was, I mean, the people in the, you know, at the heart of science fiction knew who he was. But, you know, this, this is the time you'd read a book. And so I said, well, who wrote it? And you go, I, I, don't, I don't remember. I know. I think it started with an S, you know, like not, not even the Z. So he wasn't a big famous guy back then. I wasn't writing back then. And, and I didn't start writing until the mid 80s. So it was another 10 years before I even really thought about writing. But I was amazed that, that he could do such, such, such interesting things. I felt like I was reading Raymond Chandler, but I was also reading Ray Bradbury, you know, but I was also reading Fellaini. I mean, it was, it was really kind of 
amazing. What a powerful writer Zelazny was. And he really was. I mean, it, really, he's, I mean, a lot of people, you know, have a lot of like, you know, fame for things that are kind of, I don't even understand it. But this guy had real, real ability as a writer and as a thinker. The great thing about writing is, you know, uh, Franz Kafka, well, who else is he like? And I'm going, Franz Kafka. And I wasn't, I'm not joking. I mean, I, I'm happy about him on that level, like him, Kafka or Camus or something like that. I, I like, I like Zelazny on that level. I'm like, wow, reading these books, you know, they're, they're books that I actually read again and again. That's really reading, right? I go back to actually suggesting it to you, you know, because I, I was sitting around thinking that, oh, I'm going to let me think of something, you know, uh, a book that's about black people and, and it hits the history and maybe I should do Octavia Butler, blah, blah, blah. And I was going, no, a book that's important to me is this book. Now, there are a lot of other books that are important to me, too, you know, about politics, about history, about race. But but this, I just I found him and it's not actually his best book. I think there are others. There's a, a book called The Lord of Light, which I, is really, in ways, his masterpiece. Then there's another one, Creatures of Light and Darkness. It's just a way that he uses his brain to bend the universe to do what he wants it to do. And that sounds a lot easier than in, in writing than it really is. It's really a difficult thing to free yourself up creatively to, in order to create a world. He's unique, and he's the best at what he does. You know? I don't know if I have a favorite scene. Uh, I think the one I explained to you is I really liked because there were hints. You know, he, he wakes up, he's in this bed, he's all bandaged, he's kind of drugged. These people are trying to keep him down. But you have hints that everything isn't as normal as it seems. And from there, I, I really kind of love that. I love the subtlety of it. I reread books because I had a great experience reading it the first time, you know, you know, when to see what it, you know, just feel what it's like. And, you know, sometimes I stop halfway through a book or something, but this one, I read through it, you know, at least four times. And the other thing that's, you know, always interesting is you find things in books that are worth rereading. You find things that you didn't see the first time. When I come to a book and I read that book and I have an extraordinary experience reading that book, the feeling I almost always have is like when I was a child reading a book and it took over all of my senses and consciousness. So it's not an intellectual experience, but more a sensual and extremely imaginative experience. I've read lots of books that I, that I like and I like in the same way. You know, there's another science fiction writer, writer uh, Michael Moorcock, and The Stranger by Albert Camus. There's The Simple Tales by, yeah, what's his name, uh, Langston Hughes. There are a lot of books that I've read. I think The Color Purple, uh, when, when I read it the first time, I felt kind of like that because it brings you into a world that's completely new to you, but that you feel you know or you have a sympathy with the, with the language, with the characters, with the place. And I think that whenever you really love something, I felt like that when I read Winnie the Pooh when I was a kid, and, and then later on, Treasure Island. That's the thing. I mean, some people you know, want to read things because that's right, or because it's smart, or because everybody else reads it. But the, the thing is, if, if you're in the best possible place, you're reading things because you love it. I always hesitate telling people what I think they should or could or will discover. But I'll say this. If you were to pick up this book, Nine Princes in Amber, or maybe one of its cousins, like The Lord of Light, I think in reading it, you would discover a unique talent which has great strength at creating and depicting, populating, 
and continuing the existence of a world that you had no idea was there. Thanks again to Walter Mosley for recommending Nine Princes in Amber by Roger Zelazny. His novel Down the River Unto the Sea, published by Mulholland Books, is now available wherever books are sold. This episode is also sponsored by Book Riot's Annotated Podcast. Annotated is an audio documentary podcast series about books, language, and reading. Episodes range from 15 to 25 minutes long and cover a whole range of bookish topics. Past episodes have covered how J.P. Morgan's personal librarian became the most glamorous librarian in the world, even as she guarded a dangerous secret. The wild story of how 1984 came to be written and how the CIA got involved. And an exploration of why we care so much about the Oxford comma that begins unexpectedly with a love story. A very nerdy love story. If you like podcasts such as This American Life, Planet Money, or 99% Invisible, we think you're going to love Annotated. You can get Annotated for free on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts. Dory Shafrir is the author of the novel Startup and the co-host of the podcasts Forever 35, a podcast about self-care, and Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure, a podcast about infertility. Dory worked at BuzzFeed News for six years in a number of editorial positions, including executive editor, senior culture writer, and senior tech writer. She has also worked as an editor or staff writer at Rolling Stone, The New York Observer, Gawker, and Philadelphia Weekly, and has contributed to publications including The New York Times, The New Yorker, Slate, The All, Daily Beast, Marie Claire, and Wired. Her novel startup is a story of youth, ambition, love, money, and technology's inability to hack human nature. My name is Dori Shafrir, and When Katie Met Cassidy by Camille Perry is my recommended. So this book is about when a woman named Katie meets a woman named Cassidy. (laughs) Um, The title is very self-explanatory. No, it's a romance novel, I would say, about a woman named Katie who has identified as straight her whole life. And she meets a woman named Cassidy who has identified as gay her whole life. They meet in a boardroom in a very charged environment. So they're literally on opposite sides of the table negotiating and there's an electric connection between them, but neither of them really knows what to do with it. And then they just happen to run into each other on the street and events unfold from there. Um, It's told in alternating perspectives, uh, chapter by chapter. One chapter is Katie, one chapter is Cassidy. I loved Camille's first book, The Assistants, which if you haven't read and you like books about young people and careers in New York City, you should read it. It's a really great book. Everyone should read it. But I think especially if you've ever lived in New York and you've ever worked in media, you should definitely read it. And Camille was kind enough to blurb Startup. So we had that connection. And then when she was putting together her galley list for when Katie McCassidy, she emailed and asked if I wanted a galley. And I said, of course I want a galley. So yeah. So the author recommended it to me. (laughs) It is so fun. It's such a delight. I read it in 24 hours, essentially. It's a perfect, just fun summer. I mean, you can really read it any time of the year, but I think it's an especially fun book to like take on vacation or read on the beach. And it's just, it's like, it's so delightful. My reading time is generally in bed. So I started it in bed before I went to sleep. And I would say like... 75 to 85% of the books I read in bed within like 
10 pages, I've fallen asleep. That's not to say these books are boring, but it's just they don't keep me awake. Whereas when Katie McCassidy, I was like voraciously reading it and realized I was like 100 pages in and was like, oh, God, I have to go to bed. And so, yeah, consider yourselves warned. This book might keep you up. I mean, the same thing sort of happened with The Wedding Date, Jasmine Guillory's book. And actually, there are some similarities between these two books. They're kind of like, I would say they're in a new romance genre. The Wedding Date is similar in that it's told in alternating perspectives. And it's also about a relationship that I think has historically not been written about in mainstream uh, publishing. It's, you know, it's an interracial relationship. And when Katie McCassidy is obviously a lesbian relationship. I should say when Katie McCassidy is not especially, it's certainly not X-rated. I would call it PG-13. You know, they have sex, but spoiler. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I know. Shocking. But it's not, it's not described in like great and graphic detail, but it's sexy. She also does a really good job of, well, I mean, I have no way of knowing whether this is accurate, uh, but she seems to do a really good job kind of like lightly poking fun at the conventions of the lesbian world of New York City and the characters in it. There's like a few lesbian chefs and she's she's kind of like poking fun at the stereotypes, I think, of lesbian culture and I found that amusing and interesting. Like I, it was a, it's a world that I don't feel like personally super familiar with, but like, it's always fun to kind of get a, a glimpse into another world that is adjacent to a world that you are in. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I left my full-time job in February and I feel like since then I've been reading like just stuff that is not you know, what is my typical fare? But like, I read many of the Maisie Dobbs books, which I don't think I, I had never even heard of them before and just devoured them. So I'm I'm branching out. Um, I think that, I don't know. I think the world is so horrible right now that there's something nice about being able to read these books that have like a nice resolution. Like you go into them knowing that they're going to have like a nice resolution. Nothing terrible is going to happen. Nothing truly terrible is going to happen. And it's kind of a nice escape. I think I will give it to Kate, my co-host, because we've been talking about having Camille on Forever 35, the podcast that I do about self-care, because this book seems very self-care-y. You know, it is kind of reminding me that you don't have to overcomplicate it. Like your book can be a love story. You know what I mean? This is a book about two women who meet and fall in love. And there's a world that she, like a very interesting world that she builds around, around that story. But ultimately it's a book about two women who meet and fall in love. And like, that's it. As I was reading it, I was like, oh, like this is what this book is about. That's it. Oh, okay. Right. A book can be just about this. So yeah. So that was like a, huh. Oh yeah. Okay. You know, because like, I think I'm kind of struggling with, with working on my next book, like in the interest of full transparency. And I think part of the problem is that I am trying, like I'm overcomplicating it and trying to come up with some idea that has like a gajillion interlocking stories and et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, well, actually it could just be about two people who meet and fall in love, (laughs) Um, you know, or, you know, or some other version of that. You know what I mean? So I don't know. So that was like a little like, huh, okay. And so I don't know, maybe I, I I don't see myself writing 
even like a romantic comedy. But that being said, I think there is something about kind of the plot of this book and books like it that I can kind of take with me. Thanks again to Dori Shafrir for joining us and recommending When Katie Met Cassidy by Camille Perry. Her novel startup, published by Little Brown and Company, is available in paperback wherever books are sold. You can follow her on Twitter at Dory. That's D-O-R-E-E. Next week on Recommended, one author talks about discovering a way to overlap fact and fiction. What he did really inspires my own writing and inspired my novels. It was the first time I, could, I read a book where I saw how he wove his real story, his personal story, and, and interwove that with fiction, with facts, you know, famous scandals and gossip that are well known, make it into his stories in the way that they do into my stories. And I didn't know you could do that with books. Thanks again to our sponsors for making today's episode possible. If you like what you heard, please take a moment to review and rate us on Apple Podcasts. We love to hear your feedback, and it helps other folks to find the show. You can find show notes at bookriot.com slash recommended, and you can email us at recommended at bookriot.com.